Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Monday, November 20th. It is seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday was Sunday, which means all of the morning news programs. And guess what happened on Meet the Press? What happened on Meet the Press, Casey? There was some polling that they were a little surprised about. Meet the Press sweating over the latest NBC News poll results. It showed that Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden. Biden's approval rating drops to the lowest level of his presidency. And for the first time, for the first time, he's trailing behind President Trump in a hypothetical 24 matchup. Well, isn't it interesting? So this is the first NBC poll in Mm -hmm. which this has happened. But we have talked about over the past two weeks that poll after poll after poll has showed nationally and, and much more importantly in the swing states that Donald Trump is eclipsing Joe Biden. Now... When it's one poll, we go, eh, you know, whatever. It's fun for us to talk about, do a little deep dive on, kill a segment or two. But when it is, when it becomes three, four, five, six polls, which Mm -hmm. it has been showing the same thing over and over and over again, well, now you have numerous snapshots of moments in time that you can start to make a flip book with. And the flip book shows that at least right now, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden. Now, does that factor in mass mail and unaccountable voting? No, of course not. Does that factor in uh, creative jelly bean counters in places like Detroit or Atlanta? No, of course not. Does that factor in magically pipes bursting and the count being stopped at midnight? No, of course not. But right now, it it tends to show that Joe Biden is in a very bad position as it relates to re-election. Hey, by the way, it's Joe Biden's birthday today. Is he 93, Casey? <laughs> He's 81 oh, today. Well, I wasn't far off. <laughs> no, you're not. But this new NBC poll shows that Trump is polling ahead of Biden 46% to 44%. And just listen to the shock in their voices. Here it is. Donald Trump, we have at 46%. Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. 36 positive on both, and actually Biden, one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. And we talked about younger voters on foreign policy, and it's true on a host of other topics. Disaffected with Joe Biden, we have 46% for Trump. Trump, 42% for Biden among the youngest voters, the youngest voters.
voters in the 2020 election were Biden plus 26. This could be a massive sea change. And if you take a look here, too, everybody sort of says, hey, I'm not too nuts about the possibility of this matchup. So we said, let's measure this one way. And here's how we did it. Biden against an unnamed Republican. This is just a referendum on Biden, basically. And look at this. He goes from being in a, a dogfight with Trump to being double digits wow. behind, but then flip it around. Trump against an unnamed Democrat. Trump goes from leading against Biden to being down by six points against the Democrat. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. So this poll tells you everything we've been telling you for months now, mm-hmm. which is the American people do not want to make a choice on either one of these two people. They are begging both of these parties to give them someone other than these two people. The first party who listens to the American people is going to boat race the other party. However, Casey, you know my rule on all of this. Who's not in the poll? Oh, that would be RFKJ. Yes! Mm -hmm. So while we just had a little good time fun gang episode with talking about this i reject all of this because robert f kennedy jr is not in the poll so it don't mean nothing to me okay so what is it though why is biden sinking is it the economy possibly 47 percent of people believe that uh the economy is in poor condition but i think the big thing and as we just mentioned today is his birthday 71 percent of registered voters think that biden is too so this was interesting. CNN and Drudge, of all places now, and I, I guess, you know, Drudge got bought several years ago, and since then it's just gone way left. But there's still some interesting things that get posted sometimes. Uh, CNN on Saturday had an interesting analysis by a guy named Harry Enton, and he's in this piece for CNN, again, of all places, he broke it down that this is an essentially a historic deficit that Biden is facing post-Second World War. If you look at polling post-Second World War, mm-hmm. this is a historic disadvantage that Biden is at compared to essentially every other president. I mean, they try to say, well, you know, uh, Obama was in bad shape against Romney. Obama was leading Romney by 10 points right now mm-hmm. the, the fact that biden is losing not and not even in one poll it's poll after poll after poll after poll even cnn is pointing out that this is a historic disadvantage for an incumbent president and the major thing that people keep coming back to is not his failure it's not as a president it's not the policy it's not his um corruption. Mm-hmm. It's his age and the fact that on a daily basis, he looks like he has no idea where he's at. That's true. And now the Biden campaign is going to have to convince enough voters that Trump would be the oldest president ever to win an election. And you're going to see them start hitting him with that more and more as uh, time gets closer to the election. Now, Donald Trump opening up a stunning 39 point lead over Ron DeSantis in Florida. Yes. (laughs) Trump wins 60% of the Republican vote in Florida. DeSantis sitting at 21%. This is incredible because you have, I mean, it would make sense for Mike Pence, right? There was a supposedly internal polling that was done that showed Trump you know, infinitely ahead of Mike Pence in Indiana. In fact, Pence wasn't even second. I think Ron DeSantis was. You look at that and you say, okay, that makes sense because Mike Pence was an unpopular governor who was going to lose re-election until Trump saved him. So I get that. 
But when you look at in Florida, where Ron DeSantis not only just cruised to reelection, he he won blue counties mm-hmm. where Republicans previously hadn't won. He lifted everybody else on the ballot with him. His policies were widely popular. And the fact that he is getting beat into the dirt. Uh, and again, it's multiple polls now that are showing this one is University of North Florida did did this poll, but it matches up with what other polls we've seen. It's not even close. And he is a was it was maybe still is. I don't know. Is a just reelected as a wildly popular governor. Yeah, he's well liked in Florida. And yet Donald Trump boat racing him in his home state. So what does DeSantis have to say about this? Why is Trump doing so well in Florida? This I don't agree with. You know, I like Ron DeSantis. I know you love Ron DeSantis. But he is saying that Trump is only winning in the polls because the Democrats are going easy on him. (laughs) Are you and your campaign saying that he has lost his sharpness, his mental acuity? And are you saying he'll lose to Joe Biden? Well, I I wouldn't be running unless I thought that that the Democrats would would beat Trump if he were the nominee. I mean, they're going very easy on him right now. I mean, they're they're not saying much. The minute if he were to be the nominee, I mean, you're going to see scorched earth. You're going to see all the stuff uh, uh, brought up from from the past. And the whole election will end up being uh, a referendum on Donald Trump. And Biden will be able to hang out in the basement. And I think he'll be able uh, to get away with it again. Uh, Look, when you get to this point, the presidency is not a job uh, for somebody that's pushing 80 years old. I just think that that's something that has been shown with Joe Biden. Father time is undefeated. Donald Trump is not exempt from any of that. Uh, I think with somebody like me, you go in, you know, I'm in the prime of my life. I go in day one, I'll serve two terms, deliver big results and get the country moving again. That's what Republican voters want to see. Casey, I know it's been a... (laughs) I, know it's been, I can't believe he said that, yeah, that was a That was a very bad look on a variety of fronts oh. for Ron DeSantis, and he's usually a pretty disciplined messenger. Mm-hmm. Okay, Casey, you've been married for a very long time, so you're out of this equation. But um, for those who have been in the dating pool in any sort of recent time frame, you there comes a point in any sort of relationship where – especially if one person is the one who decides it's over Mm -hmm. where logic and reason have gone out the window because you've tried logic and reason. And if the other person has a heart fonder for someone else than she does for you, where you just start saying things (laughs) like, yeah, okay, sure. Ted's got a better job that pays more money, drives a nicer car, and has a better head of hair. But you know, (laughs) you know Ted's going to cheat on you eventually. And you're just like, you're just throwing things at the wall, seeing if something's going to stick. You think that's what Ron DeSantis is doing? I mean, what we're led to believe, they're going easy on Trump. I know. They're trying to jail him. They're trying to keep him off the ballot. The media does nothing but hit pieces on Trump. And Ron DeSantis is saying... The Democrats are being easy on it. And we can say this, Casey, because we're not running for public office. Yes, of course, the elderly, you know our opinion on this. If you're a gajillion years old, you shouldn't be running for president. (laughs) However, insulting the elderly when it's the elderly who are most of the voters in a Republican primary, probably not a good move, Ron. (laughs) No, probably not. The old people shouldn't be doing anything. (laughs) He's not. He should have not said that. It is 17 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It happened just 30 miles from the Mexican border. That's where Governor Gregory Abbott of Texas endorsed Donald Trump and his bid to reclaim the White House. Uh, Look, they're lining up behind Donald Trump, uh, polling be darned. We have seen this time and again that uh, high-profile Republicans and high-profile organizations are going to go with Trump. I continue to look we comment on the news right Mm -hmm. we don't make the news we comment on the news and i continue to look at this with great interest at the fact that the american people are telling the republican party if you pick anybody but this guy you're likely going to cruise to an easy election and we will likely allow you to lift up your, not only yourself, but also your party with down-ballot candidates. And the Republicans are not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so thus, here we are. And <laughs> I mean, it appears, barring some unforeseen, just epic collapse, that Donald Trump is going to be the guy. And we better all just hope for the best because yikes. Line up. Uh, okay, so here is the Texas governor endorsing Donald Trump. We need a president who's going to secure the border. We need a president who's going to restore law and order in the United States of America, not letting these criminals run ransack over the stores that you see images of almost night- nightly. We need a president who's going to restore world peace as opposed to this outbreak of warfare under Joe Biden. We need Donald J. Trump back as our president of the United States of America. I'm here today to officially proclaim my endorsement for Donald J. Trump to be president of the United States of America again. So join me in giving a Texas-sized welcome to President Donald J. Trump, the former and future president of the United States of America. You know who Ron DeSantis is now? You ever seen the movie The Wedding Singer? Mm-hmm. Remember at the one of the opening scenes where they're at the wedding and Steve Buscemi is the brother-in-law and he's totally liquored up and he gets up to give the best man speech and he just starts ripping on his brother and he starts telling about all these terrible things the brother's done and at one point he just goes the best man the better man and he just pounds one of the <laughs> one of the drums that's ron DeSantis at this mm-hmm. point because it doesn't matter what trump has done the 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 stuff he did during covid his inability to get spending under like it, not building the wall or finishing the none of it matters mm-hmm. it, ron DeSantis is just some inebriated guy at this point shouting the best man the better man and walking off stage because it don't matter okay so they were they had that presidential discussion which was put on by the Heritage Foundation over the weekend where 
DeSantis, Vivek, and uh, Nikki Haley were all sitting around a round table yeah. and they were discussing. Trump didn't go. Trump didn't go and DeSantis said all of the things and we're going to have it for you later in the show. He does point out all of the things that Trump didn't do or didn't finish like building the wall. But if you're in Texas and you're Greg Abbott, that doesn't matter. You're going to put everything behind Trump. Here's here's so it's, it's the last segment we talked about how Biden's going to be 81 and his age. He is, is 81 today. He, that's right. Yes, I'm sorry. He is 81 today. Um, 81 or 181. I mean, it could <laughs> be either one. Right. But it is fascinating that in the polling, Biden's age is listed as the major reason that everybody has turned against him. Yet Trump is not that much younger right. than Biden. But perception is reality. Right. So I just saw that somebody in the YouTube chat and you know how I hate to toot my own horn, Casey, but I'm you know, I'm going to do this begrudgingly to promote that you can watch us on the YouTube. Somebody put in the YouTube chat, Rob is getting younger somehow. And I am uh, I have I have done a pretty good job of of maintaining my youthful beauty. Uh, I do. I mostly did that out of spite because this was my way of getting even with people who were better looking than me when I was younger. I knew they would fade. And if I just. Maintained, maintained and put a little effort into my yeah. appearance. But part of it is perception is reality. If if you are a person who lives, you know, a active lifestyle, if you kind of surround yourself, in my case, my, my wife is much younger than me, you, you, you can kind of perception becomes reality to people. And the reality is, even though Trump is only whatever it is, three or four years younger than Biden, so he's still old as dirt. Mm-hmm. You look at him and you do not think of him as a 77 or 78 year old person. He just seems younger, doesn't he? Right. Yeah, he does. Well, well his mental acuity abs- is sharper. Absolutely. And, you know, the lifestyle he lives and again, you know, look at who he's married to. And I mean, all those things go into shaping the way people view you, whereas Biden can't even get off a stage on his own. So it is fascinating how you can really shape the human mind to perceive what it wants to perceive, even if the numbers don't match up to the thing you're you're telling a pollster. Okay, so this would probably not be a good time to tell everybody how you got out of bed this morning. Well, look, we can do that when we come back because it was... Uh, I wasn't there. I was, I was uh, told the story. <laughs> yeah, I was... Just uh, for clarification. I suffered an injury, Casey. So two things we got to get on. I suffered... Uh, what could have been a severe injury getting out of bed and we have an update on the soda machine yes uh and they've made it worse they've made it worse these are the important things we have to get to but first the news is coming up with 93 wibc 933, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Rosalind Carter passed away at the age of 96. The Carter Center announced that over the weekend, the former First Lady and uh, former President Jimmy Carter. Uh, She passed away two days after she entered hospice care, six months after she was diagnosed with dementia. Yeah. They were the longest married first couple. Yeah, seven, 77 years. That's a long time. That's a really Living real. 77 years yes. is a long time. Yes. Much less. Uh, Jimmy Carter said that Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished. She gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. That's a sweet thing to say. It's very nice. All right, Casey, I'm going to let you decide whether I do this or not, because you know how I am when famous people pass away. Mm-hmm. They're famous for a reason, and if you're going to be, we're talking about you. It's like when when your neighbor Fran passes away, we're not doing a segment on it on WIBC. Mm-hmm. We're doing a segment on this person because they sought 
fame. And so when we do that, don't we have an obligation to talk about the whole person? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And I say this as someone who, when I go, you people better view me in death as you viewed me in life. If you liked me, great. But if you wanted to see me burn at the stake, don't sugarcoat it. Don't put nice things out there about me. I want to be treated the same way I'm treating others. Okay, so she obviously had post uh, White House an incredible humanitarian existence. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no doubt that, and she deserves a world of credit for her post White House humanitarian existence, as does Jimmy Carter. However, and really maybe unlike any first lady other than Hillary Clinton, post-World War II, she injected herself mm -hmm. into the Jimmy Carter administration. So it wasn't like, like with Laura Bush, she was like, I'm going to teach kids to read. And that was her whole, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's fine. She was not, you know, in there making decisions on whether to invade Iraq or not. Rosalind Carter deliberately and with the full support of Jimmy Carter injected herself into much of the Carter administration, which was a total disaster in the 1970s. And it did immense harm and damage to the American people and American society and many of them who are still living today. So to me, you absolutely cannot. And I'm sure I'm the only person that's doing this. You cannot tell the story of her. It's just like John McCain. I'm not going to sit here and not, when John McCain passed away, tell the story of the Keating Five and what a complete greaseball John McCain was through much of his public life as a politician, but also give him credit for his heroic deeds as a member of the uh, of, of the armed forces. And so when you talk about a public person, you have to talk about the whole thing. So while she does deserve immense credit for her humanitarian work, you've got to mention her role in doing immense damage to American society. Okay, so both her and Jimmy Carter, devout Christians, they read the Bible together aloud each night, something they did for years. Obviously, she did a lot of work for uh, mental health and also caretakers, especially caretakers of elderly. And uh, it's been well documented, their work with Habitat for Humanity. But you're right. She did sit in on cabinet meetings and she served as her husband's personal envoy during his term as president. She even said, Jimmy always talked things over with me, like when he was choosing the vice president or the cabinet. Part of his decisions were her decisions. Absolutely. And my deal with families when it comes to politics is families are 100% off limits unless they inject themselves into the fray. Like George, you know my opinion of the Bushes, Casey. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not good. However, you never hear me talk about Bush's daughters because they didn't they didn't want a public life. Obama's daughters, you don't hear me talk about them because they haven't injected themselves in into public life. However, if it's Hillary or if it's uh, you know, uh, Trump's kids, you know, Donald Trump Jr. clearly very political uh, or whoever, then that's their fair game. And she wanted to be a part, which was her right. Nobody's saying it's not. But when you tell the story of someone who we're talking about because they were a public person and lived a public life, yes, you should absolutely give credit. They did immense good and helped many, many people post-presidential life. But you cannot not tell the story of the harm the Carter administration 
did to this country because we're experiencing much of the same things today. Well, I think the big difference is you mentioned Hillary Clinton. Hillary was out there with it saying you get two for one. Yeah. When you elect Bill Clinton, you get me as well. Rosalind Carter didn't say that. She just did yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and also, we have to absolutely mention this, and I am in no way saying that she should be blamed for this. It's just like, well, Donald Trump was photographed with Jeffrey Epstein in 1992. You, These people, these politicians, their spouses, they meet millions probably of people throughout the course of their existence, and they have no idea who many of these people are. But there is a very famous photograph mm-hmm. of Rosalind Carter with John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this? No, photo? I haven't. Oh my gosh! It's, it was uh, 1978. Mm-hmm. He, John Wayne Gacy, of course, was super involved with Chicago politics. He was uh, like an uh, not an alderman. He was an, a precinct committeeman or a captain or whatever they call him there. And she was at some Polish Day celebration event, and it later obviously became an incredibly famous photo after his gruesome acts were revealed. And there's a, a photo of Rosalind Carter there with John Wayne oh, yeah. Gacy. There yeah. they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she holding his hand? It looks like it. They're standing right next to each other. They're both in red, too. Yeah. Interesting. I, and again, let me be as uh, specific as I possibly can here. I am in no way saying that Rosalind Carter should be shamed for having a photo with John Wayne Gacy because she had no idea who the guy was. And she was at some political event that many, many other people were at. And politicians of both sides do this all the time. I just think it's very, it's an interesting footnote in history. Okay. So on Friday, Mike Johnson made about 90 hours of the January 6th footage, security uh, footage available. This was via a committee website. He said there's about 44,000 hours of video uh, taken from the surveillance and police body cameras that would be posted over the next coming months. And that's a vow he said that he would do when he was running for speaker. He made it true. Something that was um, started by Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy actually made the portal for all the videos to be uploaded to. Notice he didn't upload them. Yeah, but but Mike Johnson did. Hey, Casey, you know how long it takes to upload something? Well, depending on your, uh, you know, your... It doesn't take 10 <laughs> months, Casey! No, it doesn't take 10 months. It could take a couple hours, yeah, like, but it doesn't take 10 months. Um, so, for those of you who have not had a chance to start viewing, the, I mean, obviously, there's thousands of mm-hmm. hours of video footage, so any person who's telling you they viewed all the footage is not being honest with you. There's a good chance. But the, the footage of what we've seen, what has been released does appear to draw into contrast the narrative created by the January 6th commission. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. And that many of these people indeed were not uh, insurrectionists. They weren't rioters. They weren't interested in stealing people's stuff or bringing harm to anyone. There's literal video of these people being let into the Mm -hmm. Capitol by security, by law enforcement. And in some cases, they appear to be like fist bumping people as they are exiting the Capitol. There's not that these, oh, these poor law people were in fear for their law. I mean, just that narrative is totally blown up. There's a bunch of stuff on Pelosi that's been filmed that is in direct contrast of her narrative of what took place. And the video footage shows the reality of it, which is there were some people who behaved totally inappropriate, who totally should have been arrested and dealt with by law enforcement, but the overwhelming majority of people didn't do 
anything over the top or ridiculous. And it really shows what disgusting human beings, people who like these Democrats who compared it, I think Kamala was one of these people who compared it to Pearl Harbor right. or 9-11. Yeah. I mean, what a what an insult to those people who perished in Pearl Harbor or 9-11 because, correct me if I'm wrong, the only per- person who perished on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who was essentially just gunned down. Yeah. Well, and then there was the one guy who took his own life afterwards because he thought he was just going to get a slap on the wrist. And then it turns out, no, a lot more than that. And What took so long? Why did Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans wait so long to release this footage? It, the American people have a right to know. And why didn't the bigger question should be, why didn't the January 6th committee... Mm-hmm who was supposedly supposed to be the people in search of the truth, not release the footage to everyone. Hey, speaking of Kevin McCarthy, you know, he was on uh, the uh, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox. And do you remember last week when we had that uh, clip of Chip Roy asking, what have the Republicans done for me lately? Give me one thing that I can run on, one thing I can brag about. Well, Kevin McCarthy, he tried to answer that. And here he is listing all the things that the Republicans have done this year. We cut $2 trillion. We got work requirements. We cut. We got reform to NEPO, something we haven't done in 40 years. We stopped any IRS new agents from being hired this year and $20 billion going into the future. You know what else we transpired? We made bills actually have to come through committee. We made sure that members had to show up to go to work. We passed the Parents' Bill of Rights. We passed a bill that makes us energy independent. We passed the most conservative border security Stop. bill that we've ever done get in the angry. process. He's He's lying. Stop, stop, stop. Just (laughs) pot it down. Stop. I'm going to get angry. Because he's lying. Because he passed things that never became law, and he knew they were never going to become law. And he knows he's lying to the American people or deceiving the American people. Because when he had the ability to get these things into law, he had uh, two opportunities for him as speaker. The, The debt ceiling and the uh and and the continuing resolution and he didn't fight for nothing either one of those times he's a liar casey well the one thing that i noticed is he kept saying we passed this bill we passed that bill we passed another bill to me he's just saying growth of government there but he was also asked about the elbow to tim burchett and he had an answer for that as well we cut two trillion dollars nope number seven (laughs) Speaker, great to have you this morning. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you, Maria. Did you elbow Tim Burchett in the ribs or in the uh, back? No, not at all. Um, this is a narrow hallway. We were in a conference with 200 people. You've got the press all standing there, walking out, talking to other members. And just don't take my word for it. Take to the members who were next to me and behind me. If anybody got bumped, it was not intentional. It's just a crowded hallway where everybody's walking out at one time. And so, uh, no, it's n- nobody got punched. Nobody got hit. Um, some people want to make press out of nothing, but that's exactly what transpired. So, so nobody, you think he's just making it up? Nobody asked him if anybody got punched or hit. She asked him if he elbowed him. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, so there's a really expensive uh, bottle of whiskey. Have you heard about I this? I have heard about this, Casey. Wow. Uh, and people will drink it. After paying that much money for it? Well, I mean, I, why else would you buy it? Whew, What's gonna, the point? We're going to talk about it coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, it is 10 minutes in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So a rare bottle of whiskey has been sold for $2.7 million. This breaks the record for the most expensive wine or spirit sold at auction. Okay, so what's the point? Of what? Selling it or well, buying it? <laughs> well, I get the point of selling it, but of buying it. Now, I ask you because you're the person that every time we go to a local townie bar, you mm-hmm. spend 93 minutes looking at the wine menu, <laughs> and the waitress is just like, lady, they're all a six ninety nine bottle that came from Kroger. Just pick one. It doesn't matter. So you're you're clearly into these sort of things. Why? why like, it is... What do you do with it? You're not going to drink it, I would assume. So what do you do with it? I I, I don't know. You brag about having it. It's the same thing of why do you buy some guy's jersey for but, a lot of but, money and put it up above your fireplace and say, look what I spent a lot of money on. But why is it so expensive? Do we know? Okay, so if if it's Michael Jordan's flu game jersey, mm-hmm. I get that. That's a historical event in sports. Or if it's... Uh, you know, a hat worn by Abraham Lincoln. I get that. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a mm-hmm. historical event in American history. W- why? Why is this thing so expensive? Well, apparently it spent 60 years maturing in dark oak cherry casks. So did most of our becoming... parents. They're not... <laughs> one of just one... It's, it's, it's one of just 40 that were bottled of this whiskey. So it's a Macallan 1926 single malt. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. it sold at Sotheby's you're, on Saturday. You're still not answering my question. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't have $2.7 million oh. to drop on a bottle of booze. Okay, so you were talking about how it was made. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I understand that there were very few that were made this way. So if you wanted to consume that. But what difference does it make how it was made if you're not going to consume it? And how do you even know? How do you know it's even, it's not just water in there? Mm-hmm. How would you know? Okay. If you buy, if you buy a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle, you know, hey, that is a legitimate 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle. It's real. It's not a Mickey Mantle reprint from 1995. You have no idea what's in there. It could be who knows what? Okay, well, the auction house's head of whiskey oh. <laughs> said that he was allowed to taste just a tiny drop of it so beforehand. It's been, it's been open. It's been open. He said it's very rich. I would hope. It's got a lot of dried fruit, as you would expect, a lot of spice, and a lot of wood. So those are the notes so of I, this 1926 Kev, single malt. Kev, this seems like it's right up your alley. Yeah, what, I'm what very the, intrigued. What the world's going on here? You're you're a sampler of the finer things in life. What what in the world is this? I don't know. I don't really like whiskey personally. I'm just kind of wondering: is the hangover not as bad when yeah. you when you drink a bunch of this I stuff? Mean, wh- is that like is that a positive? To no, buying? I think the hangover is going to be the same. <laughs> Yeah, you're so, gonna have a headache. You're gonna be thirsty. I don't want to be hungover and broke. This is an example <laughs> of people paying something for something because they can. Mm-hmm. Which I don't begrudge any person that has earned their money legally and wants to spend it how they see fit. I just don't. I don't understand. Unlike other collectibles or historical souvenirs, why this particular thing sells for so much? Because surely 
you would never actually consume the product. So apparently there were 40 bottles from this 1926 cask, and a lot of them were destroyed in an earthquake in 2011. So this is one of the remaining bottles. There's only a few left. Right. It would be kind of interesting to drink alcohol from the Prohibition era. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's the historical aspect to it. Yeah. 1926. It's just a very old. Like, if you had wine that was that old, it might get kind of clumpy on the bottom. I wonder yeah, if. Here the, we go with the wine again. The whiskey. <laughs> the whiskey. Hey, you know what? Let's speak about something that's a little bit uh, up your alley. Yeah. And that is pop in yeah. the vending machine. What happened up so, there? So, we, I made a big deal <laughs> last week about how the vending machine on the sixth floor, because we don't have one here for some reason. I mean, we're only a heritage radio station that's been around 85 years or since whatever. Since as long as this whiskey. Yeah, since as long as this whiskey. Why would we need a vending machine here? So we have to go up to the sixth floor, mm-hmm. and that vending machine has not worked. The soda machine has not worked in the sense of the soda has been hot for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, somebody will fix it. Well, apparently no one had complained. So I mentioned it on here and within whatever that was a day or two yeah we had uh, nigel had photographed the vending machine being removed from the facility I thought okay great jerry or whoever was in charge jerry was the guy's name on the vending machine got on this somebody alerted jerry now they have a new vending machine there however it appears they do not have the cans of soda in the vending machine because all the soda prices now are a dollar fifty, when previously the cans of soda were only a dollar. Mm-hmm. So they've made a taken a bad situation and now made it worse for me. So your pop is more expensive. I'm now. not buying it. I'm just not doing it. Is it still cans or is it bottles? I have no idea. There's not a thing where you can see it. It's like a screen, <laughs> and it looks like somebody has handprinted tape on the prices. So I don't even know if it works. Look what happened to you when you complained. Yeah, about made, it your got warm, worse. Your warm soda. Why don't they made it more expensive? Why do we not have a vending machine on our floor? Obviously, that, someone thinks you're not deserving of that. That I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. In the cluster that we own, not to in, in any way take away from any of the other radio stations, WIBC is the crown jewel. It is mm-hmm. the crown jewel of radio in the state of Indiana. It is the most famous, arguably, media entity in the entire state, along with maybe the Indianapolis Star, how do we not have Mm -hmm. our own soda machine? I'm willing to pay for the product. I'm not some prima donna who wants it for free, but how do I not, how do we not have a vending machine on this floor? You should get on that. You should make that happen. You should make that be your own pet project. Absolutely. What happened to you this morning? You hurt yourself? I don't even have time to get into it now, Casey, because we got to get to a break, but I was severely injured. (laughs) This was yesterday morning. We can get into it next hour if you want. Okay. getting out of bed. I have no idea what's happened to my leg. It just could be a serious injury that could derail my entire winter vacation. I have no idea. (laughs) We'll save time for it next hour. I want to know how you hurt yourself getting out of bed. Was there the uh, George Foreman grill there on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. (laughs) 